0: Thanks for joining us for episode four of This Life's Work with Charles Ratliff and friends. I'm Dana Schlagenhaft, and we are back at the beautiful Haxton Road Studios in downtown Bentonville for this episode. I do want to add we're sitting in a large recording area separated by six feet. Even so, it feels great to be back in the same room, out of the house, and here together. Now, the last two months... In, we've been in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and that's been increasingly challenging for small business owners. We're going to talk about that today and joining me now is our podcast co-host Charles Ratliff. Hi Charles.
1: Hey Dana, thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to see you across the room. I know, in person. <laughs> this is nice <laughs> and it's my pleasure today to welcome Ken uh, Robertson. I wanted to say Ken and Kathy. Kathy was supposed to be with us. She got detained at work a few minutes ago. Uh, Ken, i only mentioned her a few times today because I was i tell you what, I was impacted by watching her and working with her this past year or so. Uh, pa- pass along to her. I appreciated the opportunity to do that. Absolutely, will do. We'll talk about that some more here in a minute. But, uh, Dane, I've learned this. Uh, Ken and Kathy are both filled with an entrepreneurial spirit. So uh, hopefully we can flesh that out a little bit today because it's been a lot of fun for me. Ken and I have known each other, okay, I lost track of time, over 30 years. We both had lengthy Walmart uh, careers, and uh, so ken recall this story for me if you would i, I remember sitting at my desk in the uh, health insurance area 25 plus years ago i think getting a call and all i remember f- about that is uh, ken robertson high energy and triplets
2: at uh, very accurate uh, charles yeah it was about uh, 28 years ago 27 28 years ago when i made that call and i will never forget it either i uh we, my wife and I found out some very interesting news the evening before, and uh, the next morning, the first thing I could think to do was to call Charles, but we found out we were expecting triplets, and all I could think of was, Charles, what do we do next? Because the benefits area was obviously one of your areas at that point in time, and I, I, I just needed advice and guidance because I was kind of in a
1: whirlwind at the moment.
0: Understandably. <laughs> yeah.
1: In case we don't get the rest of the story, all is well t- now. That's 20- fantastic. Uh, uh,
2: born premature, as many tri- triplets are, but uh, they're now 27 years old. Uh, all you know, just doing fantastic. We uh, we were blessed. To have no major medical complications uh they they grew into cross-country runners and uh one's married by we're expecting our first grandchild actually here in just a couple of months and the other two are not married but doing fantastic great
1: good news
0: so charles we want to talk a little bit uh, not only about how you met ken but and we're talking about the entrepreneurial spirit the spirit that you and your wife have so you left a corporate environment tell us a little bit about that process and and how that transition happened into becoming an entrepreneur
2: it, actually it was a, there was an overlap um so I think the spirit, if you will, uh, I, I will honestly say the spirit grew as a part of Walmart because that was kind of something that was encouraged in, in that, uh, culture of that, those years at Walmart. Um, we started businesses within the Walmart culture. And I think that's where the, the spirit, if you will, kind of got started for me. Um, but then we had the opportunity to actually uh, get involved in our first business while I was still at Walmart. And so we, we had a, a business get up and running, uh, called the and, um, I was growing that, and I continued to stay in that Walmart environment, that corporate environment, until our more recent changes and when I stepped out of it. It it really is an interesting transition, and I would tell you that I think for me, probably, it's really the light bulb goes off when you have that that opportunity come up, and it's no longer a phone call to the IT department or a phone call to the legal department or a phone call to – it's a (laughs) – this one's in my world, and now yes. I got to figure out how to bring in that expertise if I don't have it. So, uh, the transition is—it was challenging, rewarding, but it really is a difference when you. When you are the world, you are the you. You and your team, because again, we're blessed. We're not by ourselves. We have a team around us. But when you realize that that structure that those large corporate environments have is no longer there, and the support isn't quite as easily attainable as it used to be,
0: absolutely, you have to be a, a jack of all trades yeah, when you, you run do. a business. So you you ran yum yos. I have two small kids, so we've been there many times and are very familiar awesome. with yum yos. So talk a little bit about that, and then you had a transition into selling a business, starting a business, purchasing a business, and that's kind of where Charles comes in as well. Can we yes. talk a little bit about kind of how that played out? Sure.
2: Um, so now, again, I'm at Walmart, Yum Yo's is going, and we realized that you know, I really want to get more engaged. And Yum is a wonderful business, but it's just not large enough for my wife and I. My wife is an, extreme, Kathy's an extremely capable business person of her own uh, right, and... there was not enough there. So it was time to start looking for that next opportunity where I could engage. And as we started looking, I reached out to Charles and said, Charles, uh, not so much as uh, any awareness of any world Charles was in, just Charles as a person, Charles as a business person, and um, ended up being very engaged in that process. But it was, for me, it was an opportunity to really step out and get into that world find that new opportunity but as we looked at that new opportunity it also recognized that wow for us to really focus on this new opportunity we probably need to let this one particular old opportunity go even as much as we love that opportunity the the yum yo's business um, somebody else needed to take it and take it to the next level because we weren't going to be able to focus on it enough to truly do what needed to be done with that business so the opportunity then came for us to, to go forward with a new purchase. Uh, Charles was definitely a great advisor in that process as we went through it, but also to sell that old business. And again, uh, having that advisor was a great uh, benefit for us.
0: The the new business, when you were identifying an opportunity, were you looking at something you were passionate about? Were you looking for a business that existed that you knew was going to prosper? What, what were you looking for in identifying that?
2: You know, it's interesting. A lot of people will say, and, and, and the adage is out there. You know, uh, if you if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I would say that's the beautiful um, opportunity, if you can find it. And I would also argue that for the vast majority of people, sometimes that passion comes after the fact. You build that passion as you get engaged with the business. So. For me specifically, for us, my wife and I specifically, uh, the industry that we went into, which is in-home senior care, is something that is important to us. It was something we had an awareness. We both have, I mean, my parents are 80 and 84. It is something that's a very real subject for us. But I made very clear up front, I was looking for a great business opportunity. And sometimes you do have to recognize that those two things might be slightly different. Your, Your passion may be wonderful. It may not be a good business opportunity. Yes, when the two come together, fantastic, but they don't always. And so I focused on a great business opportunity, something that was up and running, starting something up for, for that particular side of my life wasn't the focus. Uh, I mean, we can do startups elsewhere, but I wanted something that had a structure and a opportunity to grow and develop. And so we, we really focused on the business opportunity. It, it clearly couldn't have been something we just absolutely despised, but it was not that the passion for the industry started it. Business was first. The passion was more of a secondary. And I think this is not a nat- uncommon for other business people. The passion grows as you get
1: in there and you get connected, the passion grows then. Uh, Dana, by the way, Ken, <clears throat> she's an entrepreneur herself. So, uh, so does Dana help us as we go through these next couple of questions uh, and how they relate to you? Because I was curious as you were asking Ken those questions, thinking about our careers at Walmart when we were there, um, you know, I didn't really think about after Walmart too much. No. Um, I wouldn't have time for one thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're working, <laughs> had kids and all that going on. But for those now that uh, listeners that are thinking, okay, I, I, like, I like the sound of this, I think I might go do this. Um, what advice would you have? Now, having said that, after watching working with you and Kathy on uh, a little bit, a couple of deals, and watching you, uh, you may have an advantage over a lot of folks. I mean, your accounting background more than paid off when you came into the deal. Yeah. Uh, what I've seen with a lot of small businesses, they don't understand uh, the accounting and the finances maybe as well as they should. They're very good at what they do. Yeah. Uh, but that's not necessarily the accounting. You came, you understood what a business deal looked like. Yeah, I,
2: I think you know if, if I was gonna advise anyone, there's a couple of things that come to mind really quickly and that is, spend time looking don't assume that it's going to come day one uh, due diligence is critical and I, I can't emphasize that enough having been through I looked at other businesses I um, and one of the things we quickly learned is you you have to do due diligence. It's wonderful somebody for someone to tell you that something's right. And they, I'm not inferring that anybody's lying or anything. I think it's just a, a little bit of a natural embellishment process as a part of the sales side of the business uh, that causes you as a buyer, particularly. Um, I'm focusing more on the buy side right now. But when you're a buyer, you really you've really got to make sure once you make that connection to oop, this is something I might be interested in due diligence. And and to your point, you know, my background accounting, I was also in an auditing. I wouldn't, I never consider myself, you know, an auditing professional, but I definitely spent a lot of time in the auditing world. Uh, You really have to, you know, trust, but verify. That phrase is very important. I think you need to kind of get in there and dig in and learn um, and make sure you truly understand things as you look at a potential business before you make that leap but i would also say don't expect perfection to your point you're not going to find it there's uh, there's going to be challenges y, y, your role as an entrepreneur is to look for the opportunity mm-hmm. not that it already exists yeah it's wonderful if it does but if it does it may not be for sale if it's look for that opportunity where you can bring your passion your skill set and grow and build something that it has a good foundation
1: it's interesting you mean, you just remind me of people ask me questions about businesses I've been involved in several since I left Walmart because I enjoy it uh, and pretty commonly somebody will say hey let me know about the next good deal that comes along and I like to say if it's a good deal it's too late yeah <laughs> just that's just what you're saying yeah, exactly you've got to peel back the layers first yeah. you have to find the good deal and it may
2: not be a beautiful P&L with a wonderful income stream. It may be, I see the opportunity to turn this into that because I maybe bring a special skill or an organizational thought process that can take what's there and build it to it.
1: Now, y'all you, about this business, the current Direct business. Uh, you're working in it together. Yeah. Uh, I've heard you c- considering maybe more family involvement later. We may talk about that in a few minutes. So, but you touched on this earlier. So <clears throat> some, what got me in the business was a form of off, diversification of invo- investment portfolio. Yeah. I wanted to look at other businesses. I didn't particularly want to go run other. You're, you're going to run this business. Right. But what, you've, done, you've done a couple of different things. Uh, some po- folks go start up a business. And that's a very challenging thing to do. Yep buying an existing business where at least you can understand the variables is good. But tell us a little bit about your startup. Now, and, and so let me recount, if I'm not getting this too confusing, in the past year, <laughs> you've re- you've retired from a corporate job that you had for how many years? 32, 33. And you sold a business, you bought a business, now you've also started another business. That's correct. You, you want to touch on that just a minute you bet uh uh, we have started a business
2: actually a year ago we are just just under a little less than a year ago but last season we started an online fireworks business and it is truly the opportunity for you to buy your fireworks online and it's a concept that doesn't i'm not saying it doesn't exist it is out there there are very very few players that are doing it but it is Very few. And I think most of us would recognize when you think of buying fireworks, you don't think of the Internet as your solution. You think of that tent down the street. And our focus is on we believe we can bring a great value. We can bring some expertise when you're walking up and down those aisles trying to figure out out of those 512 different packages, which one's going to be the good one. That's what we do. So we've we started a business up. And I say we because it's actually a family affair. Uh, Kathy and I and one of our sons is also a partial owner, as well as a friend who's been in the business also. And besides, we've had connection to the business for years. But he, he's, he and his family have also been in the business for 30, 40 years. Uh, great opportunity for us to um, to leverage and learn. And it, it's, it, this is a fun. Uh, the blessing is in a startup environment, Charles, you, you touched on something a minute ago in a startup environment, you frequently aren't dealing with instant income, but boy, you can sure learn and have a lot of fun. And so we're in a blessed position where we don't have to have income out of this business. We can just learn and, and it is, it, it's turning out to be a lot of fun. And I would say it's also a wonderful thing for us to have that son involved too and be able to work with them and bring another generation of family into this entrepreneurial spirit that, that his mom and I both have. Oh, exactly.
0: It is fun. I, when Charles said, I started a business as well and went through that process. So I, I now I've never purchased a business. That has to be a completely different situation. But it is fun to go in there and craft something from the ground up. Um, and and I imagine you enjoyed that with your family. Tell us a little more about that and about building something. Maybe contrast that with how it was stepping into an existing business.
2: It. Uh, I, I think the... the I, A critical piece, and I'm going to be just transparent here, that I really believe um, one of the, if there's a fear on me on the startup side, it's that fear that says in a startup environment so often income comes downstream somewhere. It's not on day one. And so when you start up a business with the need for income, you put a tremendous amount of pressure on the ability to evolve that concept, that idea that you may have, that may be a beautiful idea that can be very, very successful, but it may not happen on day one. And so I think the tremendous difference for me personally, as I look at what we have done, that opportunity to buy a business where there is an established income stream. Yes, it comes at a price, but, it, but it, there's an established income stream completely gives you a different dynamic than that startup. We are in a position blessed. Yes, we did both in a very short window of time. In a matter of months, we did both. But because of that, we were able to really focus on the startup as an opportunity to really test and try. I mean, we're doing things to invest for long-term because we don't have to focus on short-term in those particular businesses. And I think in the long run, it will actually pay off. Others that start up businesses sometimes don't have those same opportunities.
1: Very true. Now, I'm, Dan, I'm really curious. He just, he's <laughs> talking about this established income stream. So I, uh, I jumped in a new business about nine months ago, bought a uh, daycare mm-hmm. preschool, yep. and it was a very established stream until COVID-19. So can you, how did that affect, I know how it affected us, and it's a challenge like it is for a lot of people. How did it affect your business?
2: Um, you know, I can talk about all three businesses really as I as I relate to that. Um, if, I, if I think of our new business, L-Direct, in-home senior care, uh, actually the business is staying somewhat constant. It's an essential need. There's a lot of these seniors need our assistance. Our caregivers that are out there taking care of them are a critical part of their ability to stay independent and continue with their lives. And so that business, we've been going to the office every day pretty much. I mean, we've got Lots of practice changes in the office environment. Out in the field, quite honestly, we're not having to change a lot because a lot of the, the, the hygiene issues and things like that were a day-to-day normal part of the process in our in this business and have been for forever. Uh, in the office, we've you know we've changed some office structures to spread people out and do some different things, but we're still going to the office, and it really has been less of an impact there. You know, we look at the business that we sold uh, and the new owner. Uh, they, they obviously have a different, it's a retail business. Yum Yo's is a retail business and in, in, in a mall type environment in both of the two locations, um, she bought that business and within a matter of weeks was closing the doors. Uh-huh. And so a very different scenario there. Uh, and then the, the third one, the startup actually, it's. Uh, Uh, I made the comment, I I would rather the world be back in a place where all my competitors are open and selling product, and we just are out there competing with everyone else. But by the same token, yes, there's a chance, we'll see how the season plays out, but that the COVID situation could actually create a positive because it's going to cause more people to think, oh, I need to buy fireworks. Oh, there is another option besides that crowded tent that I've gone to for the last five or 10 or 15 years. So uh, three different
0: scenarios. Ken... What words of encouragement? There's probably a lot of people right now that have um, situations around the COVID-19, whether it's that they're being furloughed or that there may be some instability in wherever they work, and maybe they're looking for a change. Maybe they have the money to purchase a business. What words of encouragement or advice do you have for them right now that they're trying to decide if they're going to make that next step?
2: I would say trust your heart um, if you've built over your career, and, and I, I do truly believe that one of the blessings of that corporate environment is many times you build a good business sense in in working in that environment. If you trust that you've built that, then trust that gut and recognize that you probably can step out of that environment and be very successful. Uh, I always encourage. I'm a I'm a cautious person. Um, it's just my background, my training. I'm, uh, you know, don't don't leap. Uh, test the water. Step. Look. Make sure you do that due diligence, but don't consider this as a, as a huge negative. It is a huge negative to us as a society and as a lifestyle situation and obviously from a health situation for us as residents of this country, but or the world. Um, but from a purely business standpoint, there are wonderful business opportunities being created right now. And you look at some of the existing businesses that are creating whole new worlds for themselves if I was considering stepping out there, I would not let this situation slow me down or stop me. I would make sure I'm thinking of it. I'm being a good, sound decision maker, but I wouldn't let it slow me down. I truly believe there's wonderful opportunities out there for people who want to go out and find them and or, and or develop them.
1: Yeah, I, wanted to, I don't want to get through this, Ken, without uh, getting back to Carol just a minute. I wanted to pass on to you, uh, I mean to Kathy, because Carol Gresham... That she worked with, that mm-hmm. Kathy worked with during the yum Yos deal, right. mentioned me and I tried to stay up with that deal, although I wasn't directly involved. I checked with uh, Carol on occasion, and she said that Kathy is a uh, boy. She's a very professional. She, she says I have a lot of respect for the way she does business. When you remind me, as Dana was asking that, and you were responding, uh, y'all may have another advantage as a as a pair right there too. Uh, I I couldn't I couldn't. Truly estimate the
2: value of the fact that there's two of us in this decision-making process, and the, the sounding boards that we create for each other truly do help us tremendously in that decision-making process. Both whether it's out front in the purchase or sale side of the business, but also in the actual operation of the business once you have it. Yes, it is a huge advantage to have that second person. That quite honestly, I mean, we can argue all day who's the stronger of the two. I believe it's her, but it, the point is, we do have strengths and weaknesses that we can work together, and the, 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 it is the proverbial you know, one plus one is three. We, it is a situation that is truly beneficial. Many other oper- entrepreneurs or potential entrepreneurs out there have similar situations. It may not be a spouse. It may be. It may be a, a trusted friend or advisor that wants to go into business with them, but yes, if you have a second person, if they're whether they're going actively into the business with you, clearly Fantastic. If you don't have that, I strongly would encourage you look for that good, independent sounding board person to help you with your decision making process because no matter how good any one person believes they are and or are. You're never as good as what somebody else can help you get. You can get better if you will listen. And so look for that advisor. In my case, oftentimes, I'm blessed. That advisor is sitting a few feet away from me, happens to be my spouse. But uh, look for that opportunity.
1: That second person is critical in the process. What a a great advantage. Uh, I wanted to ask you a related family question, so we're talking about your family. This uh, COVID experience for a lot of us has enhance the family experience i mean many of us are at home together uh, spending a lot of time together the kids are at home and after we get a little bit used to that and we start doing you know kind of get back to the basics do simple things it's very pleasurable and and uh, i can only imagine a relationship for you and kathy that's it's, it's got to be a great thing now i think you've considering maybe one of the sons if uh, everything works out maybe one of the sons gets involved in your business later on uh
2: absolutely uh I truly, there, there's nothing that would probably make me uh, as a business person happier than to have that succession plan. And that succession plan for some people is not family. But for, for us, yes, there is a distinct opportunity that one or two of the sons, we, we joke a lot. Uh, we're blessed. We have a, a marketing major working for a small marketing company here in Northwest Arkansas. We have uh, an accounting major, CPA, who is working for a startup company, of actually a, a uh, a company that helps matchmake uh, up in um, uh, Kansas. And then we have the industrial engineer. And I'm sorry, we don't have a lot of work for an industrial engineer in the, mm-hmm. in the opportunities that we, we've, we consider, at least. And we've joked with him and said, man, I just don't know what we're going to do with you, buddy. But the other two both absolutely have interest. And I think it's a combination of the entrepreneurial spirit and the strength of family. Uh, We we are blessed as a family. Uh, We joke, the boys are 27 now, we still do family vacations uh, every year. Uh, All of them, everybody's together, we all go and do something. Um, We jokingly say it's not money anymore because they've, starting several years ago, all the boys pay their own way on vacation. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the point is that there's a tight-knit family element of the business, and then that I think there is that clearly an element of that entrepreneurial spirit. And so, yes, there's a distinct chance that one or two of the boys could join us as we look at uh, growing uh, the L-Direct business, because there is a tremendous opportunity to grow that business out. There's two offices now. We clearly see opportunities for additional offices servicing other parts of the, the state that we don't currently service. So, yeah, uh, really hope that that turns out uh, at the end of the day. uh it will be a, a situation where it will make sense or it won't make sense, but the desire is there on a couple of them, and clearly the desire is there on Kathy and I's part.
0: That's really interesting. You, Your three triplets went in completely three different directions, Absolutely. but they all might come back and be able to help in different ways yes. with the business, and that's...
2: It's a tremendous blessing, and I realize that a lot of parents don't have that blessing for us. It's an absolute blessing, Uh even if they never join the business, the tightness of family is something that's so important to us, and we have it. The next step could be that it also becomes a business situation, also a business relationship.
0: Well, you can't beat that when it's family yeah. and business together.
1: Ken, what was the top one or two most difficult things that you and Kathy found in buying this last company?
2: Um, Challenges. Time. Uh, I think, and I would I would encourage anyone looking to purchase a business to recognize that it may not happen as fast as you think it will. There's just a lot of things that have to come together and all of it isn't black and white, dollars and cents processes. There's some emotional things. We bought uh, the business from a couple who started it 24 years ago. It was their child. It was something that they had built and they had built a wonderful thing. and. You have to kind of make sure that you don't, if you start rushing certain processes, sometimes you will kill that process. (laughs) And so I think uh, time and the element, the fact that it will take more time than maybe you think it will in many of these types of transactions Mm -hmm. and to not, the second piece would be to not ignore that there very well could be an emotional piece of this transaction that we think of as just a business deal. for a seller particularly who has been invested for a period of time, there's an emotional element to it. And so I would, I would encourage everyone to consider that those two things are very real. Time will not be as fast as you think it will be. And you have to consider more than just dollars and cents in that transaction. You
1: know what? You have a lot of experience. Uh, I hope it's okay with you if somebody listening would like to get in touch with you. And Absolutely. You, you, have, you have years worth of experience here in, in a few deals.
2: I, uh, uh, if this goes back, Charles, for both of us to our Walmart days. But teaching and training and developing and helping is is the culture that we grew up in, and I think it's molded us into the people that we are. Uh, the opportunity to continue helping someone else would be wonderful. Oh. Be happy to help anybody I could. Thank you. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, nice to meet you. This nice is to meet you. It's a great conversation <laughs> about you. the entrepreneurial spirit, <laughs> and with that, we've hit the end of episode four of this life's work. As a reminder, you can catch every episode of the podcast at theratliftgroup.com or anywhere that you can find podcasts online, iTunes, Spotify, and all the different podcast apps. Make sure to email us. There's a contact form on theratliffgroup.com. Stay safe. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.